0: welcome to the epiphany movement podcast to learn more about the epiphany movement visit us online at epiphanymovement.com thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy today's talk from pastor drake nelson What I'm going to be talking about is something that hopefully my goal is to give a sermon that nobody has ever heard before. Not only like a sermon that nobody's ever heard before, but a topic on which nobody in here has ever heard a sermon preached on this topic. And more than that, to preach a sermon that even the biblical passage that we're going to look at, that nobody has ever heard of this, 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 this passage or a sermon preached on this. So I'm going to test it out really quick. And so let me just see a show of hands. Has anybody ever heard a sermon preached on Eliezer? eliezer in the bible eliezer and i really want you to be honest like that you can remember eliezer his biblical exact name is eliezer from damascus anybody know who this is does anybody know who Eliezer is it's um everybody knows who abraham is abraham okay abraham had a servant and the servant was named as eliezer and that's who i want to preach on this morning but before we get there Go with me to John chapter 4 and I want to read some passages and I want to read a passage and while we're there I'm not going to speak about this passage in John 4 till the very end of the sermon once I build up the context and make it all make sense. But I, So I want to speak on the New Testament just to read the scripture and then we'll get back here towards the end of the sermon. But it goes like this, John chapter 4 verse 35. John chapter 4 verse 35. And here's what it says. He says this, he says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, to which I say, amen, like we know that saying, don't we, Mr. Art, Mr. J., Mr. Webb, we know that saying, four months till harvest. I'm thinking when I was reading this, this is the perfect time to give this message because what kind of season is it right now? It is harvest season right now, and this is the, this is In a gigabyte world, this is an agricultural church, for sure. So here's what it says after that. But I say, wake up and look around you, man. He didn't say it like that. Wake up and look around you. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Somebody say the harvest is here. Okay, now everybody say, somebody did say it. Thank you, Miss Leanna. Now everybody say, the harvest, the harvest is here. And it is here, isn't it, Mr. Art? It absolutely is here. What are we doing right now? We, got, we done got finished cutting corn. I think we're about to start like defoliating cotton, perhaps, and about to start picking the cotton. Why? Because the harvest is here. But because the harvest is here, guess what we get to do now? Well, we get to just prop up and relax. We've already done the hard work of planning. We've already done the hard work of getting all the equipment to to work. Now that the harvest is here, we get to just kind of kick back and relax. Is that right? No. You mean to tell me that there is a lot of hard work that goes in on the harvest? Absolutely there is. Mr. Webb, would you say this? The harvest is actually the hardest work. The harvest is actually the hardest work. But why? Somebody give this man a microphone down here. i got a brand new microphone. And somebody give this man, he's about to start preaching for me. Did did y'all hear what he said? This man down here said, because it ain't going to cut himself. Ain't that right? Because it ain't going to cut itself. It ain't going to cut itself. But guess what he says? The harvest, I love you, Jeremy. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit that they harvest Is the people brought to eternal life. So we're not talking about corn. We're not talking about cotton. We're not talking about a type of plant, but we're talking about people. We're not talking about agriculture. We're talking about culture itself. The harvest is the people... What joy awaits for both the planter and the harvester's lot. You know the saying, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you did not plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather their harvest. So my sermon today is called, The Harvest and the Headache. The Harvest and the headache. Well, let's pray, and then we'll get started where we're going this morning. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. I pray that you just speak. I pray that you'd move. God, we love you so much. I pray that you would just, I know this excitement that, you, that you've given me for this message is, is there, but I pray that that would not only relate to maybe some, <laughs> some, some passion and maybe enthusiasm over the topic, but more or less, I pray that you would let it relate to our lives, that we would understand what you're wanting to say to your people this morning. And God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen and amen. I know we said we were going to talk about Eliezer, and we are. But before we do that, I want to give you the basics of what we're talking about this morning. So we are going to talk about two different types of people. Two different types of people that are so hard to deal with. How do you deal with difficult people Was that not what our Sunday school lesson was about? It was how to love people. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. How do you deal with difficult people? And I'm preaching this sermon, by the way, to myself. Because as I've been preparing the the message this week, (laughs) God has given me some plenty of opportunities to deal with difficult people. I'll give you one example. We went hunting on October the 1st of this year. and It was a Friday well, me and my sweet wife, Catherine, got ready to go hunting, and so we go, We went down there to Panther Swamp. It's about uh, 45 minutes over there in Yazoo. Well, we drive up, and we knew where we was gonna go hunting. It was in Strickland's, and at Strickland's had this huge parking lot. Well, we just gonna park down in the parking lot. and There's about 500 acres back behind the parking lot that you can hunt. And when we pull up, we're the third. There's there's uh, two other cars there, and then we then it was us. So we pull up. We're getting out, we're cocking our crossbow, and this older gentleman comes up to us. He looks something like Godwin off of Duck Dynasty. He comes up to me and says, hey man, how y'all doing? I said, good. I said, Where y'all, where y'all planning on hunting? Y'all ain't planning on hunting over here to the left, are y'all? That's where we're going. I said, no sir, we're going straight back and then to the right. And he said, oh, well, that's where we're going too. Okay, uh, and so I, I just continue on. I was kind of already kind of getting in the flesh there. I cocked my bow back. I'm getting on. He said, no, I don't think that you understand. Y'all need to find somewhere else to hunt. So I just didn't respond. I'm like, I ain't going to respond to this. My blood pressure was rising. I was getting in the flesh real, real quick. I said, okay, whatever. So I just keep on doing what I'm doing, getting ready. Cat gets out of the car. He says, no, dude, I don't think that you understand what's going on here. You're not hunting here. You need to go find somewhere else to hunt. You're not walking down this road. To which he then said, maybe after you get, we get done hunting, you can come in here after us. And I looked at Cat, and I was like, <laughs> and this is what I wanted to say. I wanted to say, oh, wait, I thought that this was public land. This is private land? Oh, let me get, oh, wait, no, my phone says this is public land. So since it's public land, I'm going to hunt wherever I want to hunt. And then a part of me wanted to say, what is wrong with you? You're, like, psychotic or something. But I didn't say that because I was trying to get out of the flesh and into the spirit. And I said something much more fleshy than that. I said, come on, cat, let's go and leave. These buttholes alone. That's exactly what I, I got in my car, and I set it where they could hear it. And so I get in, and then my wife. My, y'all can't believe I said that. I know. Forgive me. Forgive me. I, I'm sorry. You know. I know I shouldn't have, but I, I just thought, ah. And then my wife, sweet, innocent, godly, always smiling, children serving, Catherine. Gets in the door. She grabs that door handle, and she slams it so hard that there was not a deer left in that 500 acres. I think the men like peed themselves a little bit. And I didn't say anything. I just got a guy in the car. I was like, whoa now, okay. So we got down the road, and I finally mustered up enough courage to ask. I said, babe, I've never seen you this mad before. And Catherine goes, Well, I couldn't think of anything to say, so I just slammed the door so they would know that I was mad. I said, well, uh, well, there you go. So we go on down the road a little bit and get in the stand, and eventually I I end up texting her. Uh, I said, hey there, do you have any toilet paper? She said, yeah, why? I said, because we're about to go roll their vehicles. That's what we're about to do. It's going to be awesome. And she texts back, no joke. She says, all caps, yes. I'm not bragging about this. I'm saying pray for us, okay? We have problems. And she says yes. And then I send back a purple devil emoji smiling with the horns. This is not a joke. I'm dead serious, Miss Amy. Okay, so then we have time to just kind of settle down and get back. I mean, we, we pray about it in the stand, and we don't do it. So we're leaving, and we're like, this is a terrible idea, babe. It's fine. Let's just go. So we go in we come past their trucks and keep on going. She says, oh, man, they better be glad that's all I did was slam that door. <laughs> I said, okay, man. She said, I really just wanted to treat their vehicles like, 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 like Auburn's Tumor's Corner and just start rolling it with everything. I said, babe, I love me too. It's okay. So I say that to say when you deal with difficult people and the first instinct you don't have is to love them, guess what? You're human. You're human too. We're human too. And here's what God says. God says that I, speaking of God, will bless those who bless you and He will do what? He will curse those who curse you. But so many times, I want to take God's spot. And, just, and I'll say, yeah, if somebody blesses me, you know what I'm going to do back to them? I'm going to bless them. If somebody curses me, you know what I'm going to do back to them? Something similar, yeah. But you know what the Bible says that our job is to do? God's job is to bless and to curse. You know what God, the Bible says that our job is to do? Jesus says this. He says that when someone blesses you, bless them. And when someone curses you, to bless them anyways. That's your job. That's my job. That's our job. So when difficult people come into our life, they're coming into our life. We can't escape that. One theologian says, if you don't want to deal with difficult people, I'll tell you what you do. You say nothing, you do nothing, you be nothing, and you won't have to deal with difficult people. It's to bless and not curse. It's to turn the other cheek. It's to love he ex- his exact words for this. If you love those who only love you, then what good are you from a pagan? Or if you're nice to only those who are nice to you, how are you any different than the tax collectors? Instead, I say what? I say when someone demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it too. If someone takes your, tun- uh, your coat, give them your, uh, your shirt, give them your tunic instead. If someone slaps your cheek, do what? Turn your other cheek. And then he finishes up by saying, you know what? You should pray for those who persecute you, and you should love those who hate you. That's what the Bible says, but it's all in our nature because we are human to do what? To take God's role. To take God's role. So we want to talk about Eliezer, and that's where we're going to go. So we're going to go to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Genesis 15, and we're going to be in verse 2 and 3. Genesis 15, verse 2 and 3. Am I preaching good yet? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Hello? I mean, do y'all deal with difficult people? Is it just me? I'm the only one that deals with difficult people. Okay, yeah, absolutely. But have we ever been difficult to deal with ourselves? Yes? Thank you, Asher. We have been the difficult ones to deal with too, haven't we? Absolutely. Genesis 15. I love, I love. Oh man, I'll tell you, the Chisholm family, just a special place in my heart. Genesis 15, verse 2. But Abram, his name was Abram at this time, not Abraham. But Abram replied, Oh sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings? Let me let me let me read it how I hear it. This is how I think it would have been prayed. Oh sovereign Lord. What good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my own heir. That's how I envision it, anyways. Now, think about Eliezer. Eliezer is in the prime time position. He's a servant. He's the servant in Abraham's house or Abram's house, and he's just sitting there plotting and scheming like, yes, (laughs) yes, all the wealth that my master has. He has no sons, and it's all going to come to me. And I'm not going to be a servant, but I'll be a master, and I'll have all these servants, and I'll be able to have all this cattle and all this money and all this possession and all this power. Thank you, Lord, for not giving Abraham a son. Okay, he may not have been like that, Mr. John, but I mean, I think he probably was, actually. And then what? And then God blesses Abraham with a what? With a son. So think about Eliezer now. Because of Abraham's blessing from God, Eliezer has just lost out. All that firstborn blessing, all the inheritance went like this. So, if I was Eliezer, you know what I would be? I would be so sad. I would be so frustrated. I would be so furious. I'll give you an example for me right here, right now. This is me saying um, real with y'all. So, if somebody comes up to me, Mr. David, and they're talking to me and they're like, look, there's this other pastor. And he is amazing. You should listen to him. He's, he preaches well. He has a huge church or something. Or maybe he's a great teacher. You know what like stands to rise up in me? A little bit of like envy. And a little bit of jealousy. Like, why didn't God bless me with that? Mm-hmm. Like one of my best friends, uh, his name, their name is Brandon and Whitney. One of my best friends, they called me the other day and their name, their pastor's name is Zach and I call him Zachy Pack because he was my youth pastor and that was back when like Wacky Packs was the cool thing at Sonic. And so Zachy Pack, I was like, man, he called me said, you gotta go listen to this sermon about Zach. He's a great pastor and his a great teacher he's a great preacher and the church is booming the church is growing and I'm sitting here like yeah I'm so glad but inside of me do y'all know what I'm talking about inside of me I was a little bit jealous I was like oh man and I had to make the battle in my mind to remind myself that hey, hello we are all on the same team we are all on the same team I have to constantly remind myself that we are all on the same team and so what about it in our lives? When somebody else like, gets maybe gets the promotion, when somebody else gets the job, when somebody else gets the home, when somebody else gets whatever they have in their lives, you put it, it can be, it can be difficult for us to be like, I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna bless you, Lord, bless me, Lord. I've been working so hard for this promotion, God. Woo, I've been working hard, to send this promotion on. Oh, God, we've been planning for this house. We've been planning for this trip for so long. And then somebody else gets it, and you don't. Then what? We can become like Eliezer and get jealous and mad? But guess what Eliezer did not do? He didn't let that, let him get jealous, or he didn't let let that make him mad. How do I know that? Because in about nine chapters later, Genesis 24, guess who is about to get married? Isaac. And when Isaac's about to get married, he calls Eliezer. He's like, Eliezer, come here, son. Look, I want you to go out and find Isaac a wife. And he puts his most trusted servant on the job. And Eliezer goes and does what? Finds that man a wife and brings him back. Hey, look, I found you an amazing wife. This is for you. I hope you all enjoy this. Because Eliezer didn't let jealousy of what a blessing that God gave someone else ruin him from his own blessing because guess what y'all guess what does our god work with a limited amount of ble- and when we think blessing if we only think stuff we're missing the point but does our god have only a limited amount that he can give some to you and some to mr tony and some to miss leanna and some to me some to the Coxes over here some to uh, I, g- I guess we'll give um some a little bit maybe cat a little bit of- does he only have this much no he has plentiful I was talking to Mr. Tony the other day. And if you have if, if never talked to Mr. Tony, just go talk to him for five minutes. And you will leave a better person than you, start, than you like, entered into the conversation. I guarantee you only know two people like that. That's Steve Earle and Tony. And he was telling me, he said, look, this is what I understand about God. He said, God sees, do you remember when he said this? God sees stuff like how. Well, he actually was saying, the difference between us and God is that we see things in a straight, straight road. We, think, we see things straight on. But guess what God says? God can see around the corner. That's the way I like to think about it. And so, if God's not giving me something to my life, or if God's withholding something, or if God's making me go through something, I know that He sees around the corner. I take confidence in knowing what that I have a good driver who can see around the corner. And I would say that would be the same thing for us. That'd be the same thing for you. It'd be the same thing for you. Well, turn with me real quick to Luke chapter ten, okay? Luke chapter ten, and we'll go to the next type of difficult pers- um, person. And I'm not saying, by the way. Here's what I am saying. When God, with that whole example, it's that God will bless other people, and it's in our nature, it's at least in my nature, to get a little bit jealous, to get a lot jealous sometimes because of what God's doing in their life. And especially if it's like another minister, I'll be like, you know, I'll be scheming, God, help them, help them, God. That's what I'll pray when I'm around, but when I'm silently not around them, sometimes I'll be like, hmm. Send them here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm weird like that. But, but God's saying, you know what, I have all kinds of blessing. I don't have to just bless him and him. I'll, I'll do what I want. This, this point is how to deal with difficult people that come up into my lot li- into our lives. Luke chapter 10, and it goes like this. It, it says, opposition for Samaritans. Do you see that right there in Luke? It's actually Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. It says, opposition for Samaritans. And here's what it says. As the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, so they went out. To another village. Have y'all ever seen The Chosen? The Chosen is a pretty good little show. It 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 had a, a little little scene about this exact verse in The Chosen. That scene goes something like this. <laughs> Your honor, they revile and, and humiliate. They deserve to have also like to and insinuate them. Yes, fire from the heavens. Fire. You said you could do things like that. Say the word. these people that you hate so much are believing in me without even seeing miracles. It's the message, the truth that we're giving them. And you're going to get in the way of that because a few people from a region you don't like will mean that they're not worthy But what you're so much better. You're more worthy. Well, let me tell you something. You're not we say it that way. Or like a storm. That's The Chosen. So if you ever want to watch it, all you got to do is download The Chosen app, and you can go to it right there on your phone. It has two seasons. It's really good. It talks about Jesus, um, his life, his disciples. I highly recommend it. It's very biblical as well. And they're coming out with season three. I'm super pumped up for that. But anyways, that, 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 that's, that is the Christian version of, of the Christian trying to say, you know what, we're going to come... Um, we're, we're going to make a super popular TV show and it's going to be not for the bad, but actually it's going to uplift the kingdom. So I really do recommend it. But the point of the whole thing is this. Is that the Samaritans really did not like the Jews and the Jews really didn't like the Samaritans and there was just so much conflict on this and, and in this situation, we know that Luke says they wouldn't even let him come into their village. They would say, hey, look, you're, you're not even going to be able to come here. It would be like me walking up to an Ole Miss football game. And then be like, oh, you have a state shirt? Leave, you know. Leave now. Go somewhere else. It's exactly like that. They said, look, you can't even come here. And so the Samaritans, very difficult people to deal with, sent Jesus away. And because of that, his two disciples said, you know what we're about to do? Let's call fire down on them, Jesus. Like incinerate them. And John chapter 4 adds to that story. And it says not only this, but when Jesus went to that other town, where did He go? Where was the other town that He went to? He went to the town where He would then find the Samaritan woman. The woman at the well? And as the woman at the well would come, guess what happened then? Jesus looked at the Samaritan woman and said, Do you have any water? If you have some water, um, I need some. And they had a whole dialogue. And at the end of the conversation, I'll tell you what happened. The girl went back to the village and said, Hey, look, everybody, I have found the Messiah. I have found the Christ. I have found the one that the Old Testament says that was coming. Y'all need to come check this out. Y'all need to come see this. And so she brings... A town full of Samaritans following her now to Jesus' standing in John chapter 4. And as Jesus looked at His disciples, here's what He said in John chapter 4. He said this, He said, The harvest, you have heard it, that the harvest there's four months between planting and the harvest but I say wake up and look bro the harvest is here and so when the disciples looked up they saw a crowd of people coming and this crowd was not the Jews it was not the Gentiles in fact it was the very people that they had a problem with it was the Samaritans and here they are all coming in in droves why to see this man that could the only man that could change their lives after the Samaritans had rejected him after they had not loved him after they had said hey look who are you so much conflict and all these difficult people coming and he says you know what guess what the harvest is what the harvest is here who is the harvest and i bet that jesus is pointing there it is the harvest is here. And so the message this morning is that we have difficult people in our lives. You can't escape difficult people. You've been difficult before too. But when difficult people walk into our lives, that is the opportunity that Jesus is talking about to say, hey, look, that's a harvest right there. That is a harvest opportunity. And so when we deal with people who come against us or lie about us or who are mean to us or have obnoxious personalities, yes, it can be difficult. Yes, we can want to curse curse them. Yes, we can want to come against them. But what God is saying is to love those who hate you, to pray for those who persecute you. And when those situations come, that is the opportunity for harvest because it's called the harvest, the harvest and the headache because difficult people can give you a headache. But it is one of your best opportunities to harvest. It's one of your best opportunities to show Christ. One of your best opportunities to love. Going back to the story that I was talking about with me and Cat, what if those people would have said that and ran us off? Which it wasn't a problem. We were just kind of, I guess it was a funny story. But what if at the end, instead of just leaving, what if we just said, "Look, that's fine, man. Yeah, I hope y'all kill something. Good luck today," and we'd have prayed for them. You think I'm I guess I see it was. I guess not see I would we'll we'll have our own backpacks and say, hey, look, we want y'all to have this. Would that have changed the situation? I guarantee it would have de-escalated. They would have probably felt bad. But it's a, it would have been such a good opportunity for harvest. And in your lives and our lives, and we have to deal with difficult people, understand that that may be God's opening to say, hey, look, this is the time for the harvest. This is the time to make a difference. This is the time that you can rise above and don't hate, don't curse. Instead, you bless, you pray for, and watch me bring in the harvest. Watch me bring in the harvest. Well, we're going to pray, and then um, um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a time of response, and then I'm not going to lead the time of response, but I will get it started, and that's it, Okay. Um, so let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for letting us be here. God, we love you and we thank you for all the many blessings that we have. God, we, we ask that you have spoken and that you have moved, God, and that you would continue to do so. And these things we pray. Amen and amen.